Welcome to the Out of 10 Podcast. My name is Sage Jordan, and I am alone this week for the first time in maybe uh, maybe like a, a year and a half to two years. Uh, Michael, uh, my co-host, <clears throat> he is away this week. Um, he is on vacation in Jamaica. Um, so, uh, but I decided, you know, since we kind of started up our 2023 episodes last week with our anticipated albums, I kind of wanted to keep the train rolling. Uh, and still do a solo episode just to make sure we're on track. But uh, due to our vacation schedules, you're probably going to get some skipped weeks or uh, more solo episodes like this for the first few episodes of this year um, till we are back from vacations and we're, we're both back in the same room. So um, I'm doing this episode solo. Um, so we're just on the eve of maybe the biggest album or biggest like week of album releases. Uh, the 27th um, has tons of album releases, but there hasn't really been too much yet in the first two weeks of January. Um, but I do kind of want to take this episode to talk about kind of two specific artists. Um, and one of them is because of a release that came out on January 20th. Um, and I'm looking to talk about Eurovision here. So um, on the 20th, um, one of the biggest bands that has come out of the Eurovision contest, um, which is Maniskin, the Italian rock band, released their album. Their, I guess it's their it's their third actual album, but I guess it's kind of like their first big one. Um, like I even think I I, don't, I think like all their albums have been from a, you know a big major label like Sony. I think is their is their main um, record label, but this is kind of their first like full English album where they're really in the mainstream now and kind of showing their music to the world and not just Italy. So, um, and I mean, I think everyone has heard Maniskin. They are, um, they obviously won Eurovision two years ago in the 2021 contest. And um, everyone's heard their cover of Began um, and their latest singles, I think Mamma Mia and Supermodel, which are the big songs that have been out for over a year now. Uh, those are on this album. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about their album, but I also want to put them head to head to another Eurovision artist who also released something not not in January, but um, in really in early December, kind of when Michael and I were already like kind of cut off and cut off our 2020 list, 2022 lists, and we were done um, and just compiling our best of. But this is uh, Sam Ryder. So Sam Ryder, he was technically the runner up in the 2022 Eurovision contest, but uh, Ukraine won, obviously, because more political reasons. But um, Sam Ryder, I think, like, in, in any other year, probably would have been first place and won the Eurovision contest. In the end, because uh, Ukraine just isn't back to normal yet, uh, the Eurovision contest is being held in the UK. Um, so he's kind of like a de facto like co-winner in a weird way, but he is technically the runner-up. Um, but you've probably heard his uh, single, Spaceman. Uh, but he somehow got an album out before Maniskin did after it. So it's kind of weird, even though they're a year apart in contests. So Sam Ryder's debut album called There's Nothing But Spaceman. Uh, obviously, still riding the wave of the song Spaceman. Uh, that came out on December 9th. So we didn't have a time. We didn't really have time to review it um, when it came out. So I thought, oh, you know what? Now that Maniskin and Sam Ryder are out, now it's kind of time to talk about both. Maybe compare them. Um, so I will say right off the bat... Um, Obviously, like I have, we've, I think we've talked, we've talked about Eurovision maybe for the past like three, four years on the show, but maybe the last two are the only times you've really gone like in depth and watched the show and whatnot. Um, 
And Maniskin was like my pick for 2021. I heard, oh, I have to remember what the song is called. So they released an album like right before Euro- their Eurovision contest, like a full Italian album. Um, and they had a song called Zitti e Buoni. Uh, well, I don't know what the fuck that. I think it's, I think it means shut up and it's called it means shut up and behave. But that was their their song and the top single for this album that came out in 2021. And it won Eurovision. But I heard that and I was like, shit, these guys are gonna win, and they won. Congrats to them, and I was really like supporting them, and I, it was kind of neat. I mean, I will admit, like hearing their cover of "Begging Around" kind of did annoy me because it just played so much. But I thought "Supermodel" was a pretty fun, like radio-friendly rock track um, that had influences that I like. Um, so I was like, okay, like I'm excited for this album. Um, Sam Ryder, uh, I I kind of was aware of Sam Ryder, so Sam Ryder. Um, was kind of an unknown really for his whole career. Then during the pandemic, he started uh, using TikTok to just post covers of a bunch of stuff. I think he did covers of like mostly like, you know, um, he's very Freddie Mercury influenced, but I think it was like some modern stuff like Bieber. Uh, but he would do Elton John covers, um, obviously, uh, and then sign a contract there. And then um, he wrote Spaceman. So that, the one good thing is that he wrote Spaceman. That's like his own thing. It's not like written by like a, a machine of people. It's legit just like kind of him. And then he got chosen to be the UK representative for the Eurovision. And, you know, kind of would have won in other years, but is still technically runner up. So um, I will say that I find them both talented. I think Spaceman was a good song, and I did want Sam Ryder to win, or at least come like top three in his Eurovision contest, and I had Maniskin winning it. Um, so I will like off the bat disclaimer: I do think they are both very talented artist groups. I do think vocally and musically they have the chops, and they kind of deserve the fame that they've had so far. But uh, when we talk about these albums, that's where I think I'm going to change because I think this is kind of where the machine took over and, um, to kind of push them as these mainstream artists. And I, I, I think they come with some mixed results in my mind where I feel like the, the genuine, I mean, you're, I mean, it's hard to tell cause Eurovision still is manufactured to be when you're picked to be the representative, it's still like a very manufactured, um, record chosen process. But I think when you release your debut album, it, it's kind of like kind of like um, American Idol X Factor here in the U.S., right? Is that like they have the inherent talent to win the contest, but once they're in the hands of a Simon Cowell or whoever to actually make a full album, that's when there's too many studio hands, and then you kind of get stuff that gets a bit diluted um, and maybe not as exciting as their, their singles. So that's kind of where I'm at. So I think I'll just go with Sam Ryder first, just because his album came out first. So Sam Ryder, to, I'll, I'll play uh, Spaceman in the background. Um, but really to describe him, he is a very Freddie Mercury inspired piano rock artist. He has, um, really good range, like really good falsettos. Um, I actually watched his new year's show. So again, BBC and whoever people pushing him to be this mainstream act, the BBC actually, um, as you know, in the U.S. or North America, we have Miley's New Year's or Dick Clark's New Year's special. But BBC actually did like a full Sam Ryder special from like 1130. Then they had like a 10 minute break for fireworks at uh, the Big Ben. 
and then went back to Sam Ryder in this club, but they like they pushed him as like this big New Year's Eve special. And I watched that with my girlfriend and I was very impressed. I think, you know, Space Man was good life. He has a lot of energy. He um he just always has a smile on his face too, where like you just see him and you just feel like you're glowing with positivity. He has a very good look and I I I'm, I like what he's given off. Um, and I thought it was a really good special. He had Sigrid on. Another um, influence of him, he brought on Justin Hawkins, who is the lead singer for The Darkness. So if you ever heard, I believe in a thing called love, you'd be like, okay, yeah, like this is the same, like same vibe. So he's got to have that like glam rock, like high falsetto pop rock. Um, so I, I like him. But this album called There's Nothing But Spaceman, it's about 14 songs and it is um, 47 minutes. So again, it's kind of a little long as well. Spaceman is the second song on there. Um, I do. Um, I will say, like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty mad on this album. I think it's pretty mediocre. I think it is very safe. Um, the songs, um, I don't. I think that the songs are kind of actually too muted for his talent. And Spaceman is maybe one of the only songs where the crescendo and the way his voice rises with the crescendo like really pans out and has a good climax and like is worth worth the payoff but maybe it's the production or something about the other songs just don't have that explosion the way the um all his other stuff has um there are different like um I'm trying to remember who produced it i don't know the producer but i think there are different producers on a lot of the songs where maybe there's some disconnection of how he should sound uh but there's some songs that i think are like just so like, it's like he's trying to do Coldplay songs in this generation. Like, it's very just like Ed Sheeran, Coldplay safe, where it's going to get mainstream UK pickup, but like, I don't think it's exciting or it doesn't show off or showcase his true talent and like the potential he has. So they come off very muted. So in my mind, like Spaceman is still the best song. It's still the most exciting. Um, on like the other end, in terms of like, a, not a boring song but like a laid back song that is so impressive there's a song whirlwind which is like this really folky song that is like just kind of like regular indie folk and honestly um i think that's kind of like the next best song um just because it kind of shows how we can go from like high bombastic stadium pop rock to this like low-key indie folk where he doesn't really need to go high falsetto he just can kind of go his natural singing voice and still release something that's like cute and sweet and those are kind of the two songs i think are the best and then after that it's kind of like non-exciting songs or songs that are kind of too similar um like um some of the last few songs this time in lost new are both these like really slow piano ballads but because they're back to back they almost feel like the exact same song um Deep Blue Doubt and Somebody are so the songs that kind of bookend Spaceman, and they're definitely the same vibe as Spaceman, but again, like, just they just feel a step down. Um, there's one song called Tiny Riot, which I hate. Some people say it's exciting. It's like, like this, like, you know, pump up your fists in the air, like Stadium Jam. It just sounds like an Imagine Dragons song, like 100%, just like the way his voice, like, he kind of has, like, this, like, yelly voice in it, but then they definitely, like, put him lower in the mix, so he's not, like, yelling, yelling, but that's such an Imagine Dragons thing to do, um, and then Somebody, the song Somebody, and Ten, and another song called Ten Tons, the way the piano is made just, like, really reminds me of, like, really old Macklemore and Ryan Lewis songs, like, um, especially, what's that one, uh, Same Love, the one about, um, like, just loving whoever, like, that very, like, 
I don't know, like YouTube background music type piano. That's like very sappy. It like they have that kind of vibe. So I was kind of like, ugh. like I just like don't like the instrumentals. But I think Sam himself is very is very good. But again, he is a writer on all these songs. Like he is writing most of the stuff all himself. Um, I don't know about the, you know, the people he's been collaborating with. But I just think that like. It's the rest of the stuff's just like really, really disappointing. Where I just feel like there's a lot of lost potential, and I, I hope, I, I think, I think this album is sold well, but um, like I think it did debut number one, but I just like don't, I don't know, like I'm kind of worried, like it's not good enough that um, that like he'll like a, people care about a second album because it, it is like very like supermarket rock. Um, but again, I do really like his his vocals and the way he looks and the way he delivers himself and is like the showman of Sam Ryder himself. I just think the song, like the album's pretty meh and it's kind of long. Um, what else I have to say about it? Uh, oh, one other song called Put a Light on Me. It start, kind of starts off like Wild Ones by Flo Rider and Sia, which I thought was really weird. So again, it gets kind of an outdated sound. Like that song is what, 10, 11 years old now? So like it just feels old. Like it feels like it's kind of grabbing what was what Coldplay and Ed Sheeran were doing to like to um which call like secure number one album spots like in the mid 2010s and that's what's kind of annoys me about it so in the end I feel like Spaceman um Whirlwind and honestly the last song is this like David Guetta song <laughs> um called Living Without You and it's actually like I think it's a David Guetta song that just has him as the vocalist and that's actually one of the more exciting songs on the album and it's like kind of actually kind of like a bonus track <coughs> at the end that's just put there but it's actually exciting so um i would say like three are good and then the other uh, 11 are like whatever so in the end i am i am like pretty man like i only gave this album a 5.5 but i'm not discounting sam Ryder. i do think that he's good uh, I just think that maybe he needs to not make music that's just going to keep him relevant and mainstream, but just actually like, I don't know, just like tune in more with like your actual idols. Like don't make these boring, like make an actual Elton John song and not just a boring Coldplay track that you think is going to just hit radio. So um, kind of just point on that one, but I, I still like Sam Ryder. Uh, the next one, Man of Skin, uh, Italians, um, what to say about this album rush so let me just pull up stuff about rush so um as i mentioned this is their technically like their third studio album so they've had backing by a major label already but this is their first one that's like fully in english um and like kind of their big one since they've broken out um this album is also long it is 17 songs 52 minutes so it's almost like they kept all the English songs that they've written in their whole like career and then finally put it out in this like it's almost like they knew they wouldn't get any um traction on English songs in their first albums before they were big and now that they're actually big they're like okay we can actually take these songs that we wrote with in English and kind of actually push them out now so and I think he said like they've record they recorded like you know, close to 50 songs for this album and try and narrowed it down. And I, I kind of wish they narrowed it down more. I still think 17 songs and 52 minutes is long. Like the songs aren't that long. I think only one of them is over four minutes. They're all like in the two thirty to like three thirty mark. Um, so it's not, that's the thing is that 
it's not hard to get through. It just I just feel like it could have been stronger if, um, yeah, if they just made if they just you know had less. So, um, but I mean, uh, yeah, I'll play I'll play Mamma Mia. But I mean, in the end, the out of the seventeen tracks, the the last three are Mamma Mia, Supermodel, and The Loneliest. So those are kind of the three singles that came out beforehand. So they're almost like, even though there are singles that are on this album, they're kind of like the bookends, right? It's like, hey, these songs hyped us up throughout the year, but they don't really fit the album, but we're just going to put them on the at the bottom so we can guarantee streams for the album. So you could just really say it's a 40-something minute album, and it's like only tracks 1 to 14 that are very new. So uh, take that as you want. Um, so... Maniskin is this, they're really like this gritty glam rock. They kind of have like this Billy, I don't know, like kind of like Billy Idol is kind of the best way I'd say it. Like Billy Idol definitely has like, he's like fun, poppy glam rock with some punk elements, um, but like kind of, kind of muted in a way that still fits a mainstream vibe. Um, that's kind of how Maniskin's vibe is. Um, and what else to say about this album? I think in the end it's too long. Um, there are some pretty good tracks. Like one surprising one is uh, the second track, "Gossip," has Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine on it. So when you have Rage Against the Machine's guitarist on it, that means like you know, you got some pretty good street cred in the rock world. And I think "Gossip" is actually a pretty fun song. I um, I recommend people listen to that. Um, I kind of talked about how Sam Ryder has all these influences from like 2000s, like UK pop rock and piano rock, and there's definitely a lot of. 2000s post-punk revival in here so i hear a lot of arctic monk like a lot of guitar riffs that were and like the the guitar riffs mixed with the drum beats really remind me of the first two arctic monkeys albums um i hear that a lot in this song in mamma mia um and even like franz ferdinand uh in terms of like the franticness of it um even block party maybe i don't i don't really hear the killers but like the killers is kind of associated in that same vein but a lot of this like big post-punk revival stuff from 2004 to like 2008 a lot of influence in there just in the way the guitar sounds and the beat and how it goes from like slow verse to like frantic choruses and that's kind of one of the things i kind of that's like the big positive for me is just it's a lot of influences i like and there's a lot of times where i'm like okay i've heard this this song in 2006 but someone else could also say like okay like that's outdated like that's a sound from 17 years ago and then a band trying to kind of take that sound again and then add kind of this Billy Idol sheen over it to try to make it new, like maybe falls flat. Um, that's what I think could be seen as a negative on here. But I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, but for me, I think that's kind of a sweet spot for me just cause that is a, that is a genre of rock music or like a time frame of rock music. That's very special to my heart. So even though there's parts I love of songs, like I still think it's too long at the end. Um, what else did I say about it? There's some, uh, oh, because they are Italian, look, I'll give them a break on it, but English is their second language. And I will, you know, um, it's their second language. So obviously the lyrics aren't gonna be top notch. And I kind of give them a break on that. I think there are a lot of, a lot of moments in the in these songs where you just hear the lyrics and you're kind of like, what the fuck, this doesn't make sense. Like, it's just, it seems like they're saying these like, big stadium anthem sounding words or they're just using words to help fill the syncopation and fill it up but the sentence or like the the songwriting of it like the, the story doesn't make sense in the story or like what they're talking about in the first verse doesn't 
doesn't link to the chorus stuff like that um there's one song called gasoline which is a very like a whoa type song um and the chorus is just saying we're gonna dance on gasoline that's it just yelling that over and over again which i just think is really fucking stupid um there's one song called time zone which i think is pretty cringy as well that one is kind of a little too far on the uh on the glam rock side for me that's maybe too like i can't really give them a pass lyrically on time zone and uh that course in gasoline there's one song called cool kids which is just like i have to maybe i'm maybe i'll look up the lyrics for that one because it that one i think is definitely the worst song on the album um i could just play it too but um <laughs> let me see uh lots of dead air um, yeah, like the first line is cool kids. They do not use floss. <laughs> like, um, and it just, it just very, um, very like, Oh, cool kids drink like beers up, drinks up, make a toast for me. I'm a scum, real scum, but I'm good at this. It's just like talking about like the most cliche things cool kids could be and just listing them off in like a rock song format, which I think is pretty fucking lame. Um, like the chorus also like, but cool kids, they do not use drugs. Only weed, because it's not that strong. I'm a bitch, and I have much fun. And I like doing things I love, because I love that. I fucking love that. That's just, like... That's bad. Like, that's grade school type stuff. And that's a that's kind of one of the points where I feel like English or second language doesn't defend you for that one. But some of the other ones, I'll give it. But Cool Kids is definitely, like, one of the songs you should probably skip, because it's just, it's just too stupid. Um... But, you know, um, I mentioned some of the songs that have that post-punk revival vibe to it. Don't Want to Sleep really reminds me of something off Favorite Worst Nightmare by Arctic Monkeys, like, like Brian Storm. Sounds like that. Um, um, Mark Chapman, the one song Mark Chapman, which is named after, you know, the guy who shot John Lennon. Um, that is actually a really good song in terms of just having a really frantic, frantic chorus that really kind of reminds me of... Um, that's kind of where I get the block party vibes. It kind of reminds me of, you know, Banquet or Helicopter, where it's this really frantic chorus. And I actually think that's probably one of my mo most memorable songs on the album. But it's towards the end. I think, like, at the, the end of this album is better than the first. I think the first stuff is a bit more safer, and then you get Cool Kids. And then anything after that is pretty good. Read Your Diary. Um, that song kind of actually sounds like um, Holiday by Green Day off American Idiot. So, again, more 2005 pop punk vibes um la fine which isn't the end of the album weirdly but that's a really good song too so read your diary mark chapman la fine and even um il, the last uh, the, the last song before the singles il dono de la vida um all those four songs are pretty good at the end but i still think like it's pretty meh in the first half and then cool kids like is fucking garbage um and then the three singles kind of bump that up but um it's weird like i in the end i think because it seems like a it's definitely like it's hard because for this album you can tell that they finally made it mainstream so they're just pushing all their english written songs all in one go um it does feel bloated even though the songs are short and go by fast and it could be tightened and it could have been a way stronger album um but there are some big stinkers in there um so in the end my rain's still not good on this album i gave it a 6.2 which i when i was putting through my rankings i was like or my rating i was like wow the I feel like I enjoyed it more than the 6.2, but in the end, like, that's kind of what it is. Like, I think I wouldn't recommend to everyone. I think that if you liked some of those post-punk revival vibes from the 2000s or pop-punk like Green Day from 2005, you may find things you like about this. 
Um, but I wouldn't like give it a hard recommend or say like, I like the album. I'd say like it's it or like mid at best, but there's like some sparkles or diamonds in there. Um, I will listen to whatever they release next. Um, I don't think it's God awful. I just think it's not, does it's not worth like any hard praise. I think the aggregate meta score is about a seven uh, out of 10. And I think like, yeah, it's like the highest I think you could get honestly. Um, but yeah, so check out Gossip with Tom Morello. Um, check out Read Your Diary and Mark Chapman. Really check out Mark Chapman. I think that's they're definitely the best song on the album for me. Um, and then obviously the singles, Mamma Mia, Supermodel, and The Loneliest. I think The Loneliest is probably their biggest song right now. Um, and then, yeah, like if you want to go back to their old Italian stuff, go back to their album from 2001 and listen to that first single, ZTA e Buoni and see why they even made it this big in the first place because that's the song that really opened the floodgates for them um, but Rush by Maniskin still mid still man not like super fatal on it 6.2 out of 10 um, but I still like think they have enough talent inherently that I'm not dropping the ball on both of them even if their big studio albums in this phase like didn't hit the mark for me I still think they are good talented musicians an artist and I think they have the chops to to still I think once the seed interference is gone and they're gonna go back and make stuff that's more for them they're gonna tear it up because I listened to enough of Amanda Skin's 2021 album and even what they had way before that like their, album, their first ever debut album and there's some good shit in there really good shit in there um and I think like Damiano David, like I think I, I have, to, I mean, I have never read the translations for his, you know, Italian songwriting, but I bet they're probably fine. Um, and then once he kind of gets more English under his belt, we won't get shit that's as like cringy as cool kids. Um, but yeah, like there's some good surface level stuff there, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> summary for that, 5.9 for Sam Ryder's Nothing But Spaceman and 6.2 out of 10 for Maniskin's Rush. So those are my, my wrap up for my, my Eurovision experience, my, yeah, my Eurovision experience and the artists that have made it big from them, from that contest. Very excited to see what happens in this year's Eurovision. It's taking place in the UK just because Ukraine's not ready. Because um, for those who don't know, uh, the host of Eurovision is last year's winner. So obviously Ukraine won. Sam Ryder came second. So because Ukraine's already Sam Ryder takes it. So um, yeah. Um, in terms of next week's episode, I don't really know what we're going to do with Michael. Um, but a lot of albums came out and there's some really exciting stuff. So, um, I mean, I think kind of for the pop heads, we kind of talked about it in, in our anticipated albums, uh, episode, but, um, Sam Smith's Gloria, Ava Max's Diamonds and Dance Floors and Rebecca Black's Let It Burn are kind of out. If you're looking for like, you know, gay club bangers, that's kind of it. So I'm kind of excited to hear like what those three have, um, Kind of similar to that, we got Samia's Honey. So Samia has been a pretty decent like bedroom pop artist um, who released an LP called The Baby, which is kind of, it's like a really weird album art, which I kind of loved. It's like her holding like a phone and she's definitely on a green screen with a forest behind her, but this album art seems a little more serious. Um, and then Kimbra, who I think Michael and I have this really deep love for because um, some people still have only heard uh, her being the guest artist on somebody I used to know by Gauthier, like how long is that? 10 over 10 years ago now, 12 years now, but she's a really good New Zealander, uh, artist. Um, I love the golden echo in 2014. Primal heart was good in 2018. And five years later, she is now back with a reckoning. So excited for that. Um, 
you Lil Yachty's Let's Start Here. Heard a lot of like really good shit. Heard that it is like an actual legit ass psychedelic rock album and not a rap album. So very exciting stuff. Um, we got Fucked Up's One Day. Uh, we saw Fucked Up back in July when they did a 10-year anniversary for one of their albums. So always give that a listen. But their albums are usually always like really long, which is kind of an issue. But like it's probably fine. Um, and we talked a lot about S.G. Lewis also. So S.G. Lewis, uh, really good, um, you know, dance pop producer, artist, curator, however you want to call it. But Times in 2021 was one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, so my expectations are pretty high on this album, Audio Lust and Higher Love. Um, and um, he actually put Call On Me on it, which is the song that Tuvelu put on her album last year. And it, it almost made the cut for one of my top songs of the year. So just adding that on this album kind of bumps it up already. And he uh, had a uh, he's already released a good song with Charlotte Day Wilson and Chanel Trace. So um, some pretty big albums like already like Jane, like I think usually we wait till uh, I think the last few years it's kind of been remembrance or not remembrance day, Valentine's Day, and that's usually the first day when like big albums came out. I think like in 2020, that was when the Slow Rush, uh, Tennis's album and a few others came out. Uh, last year that was when like Spoon's album and Mitski's album came out. I think 2021 also had a big one, but I can't really remember which ones came out that year. But uh, 2020 and 2022 had some big ones like around Valentine's Day. But looks like we're getting kind of started um, already at the end of January. So um, I don't know if I'm going to actually record with Michael, but if not, we may just get a solo with me where I kind of go through what I can from all those because there is a lot. Um, but honestly, the little Yachty one kind of interests me the most. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, but that's it for this episode um, in my little Eurovision album review wrap up. So um, to, you know, hear our old episodes and find out more, go to Um, and you can find us also on Facebook and Instagram at Add10Podcast. So a bit of a short one here, just under 30 minutes, but hope you enjoyed it. Hope you just enjoyed my voice um, and I'll see you next week. Bye.